Welcome, everyone, back to Club Talk. My name is Tyler Zust. As always, I'm the host of this great podcast. And just want to wish you and your families happy holidays. A couple days ago was Christmas. Upcoming is 2020, so happy holidays. Um, for this episode of the podcast, I interviewed my good friend Donnie Brown, um, who's a professor at the University of Ohio. He's a former general manager of multiple country clubs on the board of Ohio Valley uh, chapter of CMAA. And I hope you enjoy listening as much as I did recording it. And uh, without further ado, Donnie Brown. All right. Well, welcome, Donnie. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. No, it's been a little bit while in the works. Um, I guess like just to start off, like could you just like introduce yourself, like who you are and what you're doing now. Yeah, Donnie Brown. I'm an associate professor of instruction at Ohio University, and I teach hospitality classes within the restaurant, hotel, and tourism program. And this is my tenth year teaching here at Ohio University. And prior to that, I was in the industry and club management. I was going to say, like, did you, like, make a seamless transition from, like, the club industry straight to, um, like, being a professor, or was there, like, a time lapse in between? No, I went right from the industry into into teaching. So, essentially, I had um, about a week and a half. Really? That's crazy. <laughs> I had a week and a half wow. to when I trans- transitioned in. Yeah. And so, have you, like, from that first year teaching, like, are you still teaching some of those same classes today, or is it, like completely different boy that's a good question i have to think about that for a second um they are no they're different different okay. they're different uh but i but i've taught the ones that i'm teaching now for a fair amount of time decent amount um originally the classes that i was teaching i taught for probably four or five years until i started to kind of go into different other directions as faculty left and as Things have changed slightly within the department, and I took on different roles. You know? Okay. Um, so I guess now, like, would you be able to describe your journey of the club industry? Uh, maybe from, like, where you started? Wow. Maybe from, like, where you started to, like, how you became a GM? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's kind of odd. I, I think we all end up in hospitality, and usually we don't plan to be there in the beginning. And uh, the way that I ended up there is that I, when I went to Ohio State, was going to Ohio State. My undergrad degree was in political science. And as I have said many times, um, if you have an undergrad degree in political science, if you're not going to law school or, or doing something associated <laughs> with law school, then you're, you're pretty much dead in the water or teaching, I guess. Um, so what happened was a friend of mine was working at Muirfield Village Golf Club and, and said, hey, why don't you come over and, and be a caddy in the summer? In the summer, I think that was in 1991, maybe. I want to say. And yeah, I went over and I was a caddy for the summer and it worked out well. And I thought, you know, this, this is kind of cool. I think I might stick with this. And then the following summer in 1992, I went to Brookside Golf and Country Club in Worthington, Ohio. And as, as luck would have it, I, I didn't leave for about 14 years. Wow. So in that time, um, I got an undergrad degree at Ohio State. I actually... Um, was in the golf operations for a few years and then I slowly transitioned there into the clubhouse doing things in the food and beverage and I would help in the winters when the golf was you know they didn't need me for golf in the winter and I would work in the clubhouse and I would serve and do different things and um, banquets I guess and and help bartend and and whatnot and eventually we opened up a, a new fitness facility that had a food and beverage operation in it and I was fortunate in that I was there the entire time when it was built. 
and I got to see the construction and I was a part of the construction meetings and they, they, I mean the management at Brookside, Jake Williams was the general manager at the time. He pretty much gave me the opportunity to run the athletic facility. So I did. Um, and that was really an, an, an opportunity for me and it worked out well. And from there, I actually moved back into the clubhouse full time eventually and was, uh, and became the highest, the highest managerial position I had there was the uh, food and beverage director. So that's where, where we were and what we did. And, and again, um, I wouldn't have changed my experiences really for anything. I, I feel like I learned every job from the ground up. I didn't move right into a managerial role. Many times I was the hourly employee and that's how I learned. And sometimes I think that's valuable you know, to learn that way. And um, I interviewed um, one of my former bosses, and what was interesting, uh, he was at one of these clubs for 14 years too, like sort of like you, and he started like at 15 years old, and so because of like labor laws, he wasn't able to work so many hours, so like before a shift, he would be like raking shells off the peach like a while ago, and then yeah. like before the start of a shift, and he just kept working up till beach manager, and um, he said one of the more interesting things that happened to him that way was he got to see the kids of the members grow up when you were that young and <laughs> yeah. so it was crazy to see like maybe like someone maybe like a, a child and then like 14 years later you know all right. grown up and he said that was one of the more like beneficial things that he saw and one of the cool things yeah i would say i w- you're right i mean that's that's interesting there are and i'm not going to mention names because i don't want to embarrass anybody but there are people who um that were children at, at brookside when i was there that uh couple of them went in, went on and played professional sports and one of them right now is is a friend who really is a friend and went to Ohio State um, he's involved in, in golf and is very successful so yeah it, it's it's kind of interesting how that works out and uh, and it, Brookside I still consider many of those people my friends I, that's that's really and, and we have a um, we have an alum from our program that's oh, wow. that's in management now at at Brookside, so oh, is it uh, Caroline? Is she mm-hmm. there? Yeah, she's yeah. there now. Caroline is is at Brookside. So, so did your club journey end at the food and beverage director at Brookside, or did you move on to somewhere else? No, I went on. I I moved on to a d- couple of other different places and and management, and eventually I I uh, was a general manager at Marity Country Club. And that was my second opportunity as a general manager in the club, and I accepted the job at. Um, at Marietta Country Club, knowing that I wanted to go back to Marietta, is where I'm originally from, and um, Southeast Ohio. So uh, it was a great opportunity for me and my family. And of course, you know, we still live in Marietta, and I drive over to Athens every day. But um, yeah, so that's that. And it was a. It's interesting um, when you are the general manager and you are signing checks and you are you are the one that's in charge of all the finances. I mean, those those are. Those are interesting opportunities, and um, I felt like I learned a lot. And I felt like once I left Married Country Club, it certainly was very much ready to be in higher education and pass along some of that knowledge. I was going to say, like, when you're a general manager at that top position, like you said, signing checks, how important is it to have, like, a business-savvy mind when it comes to having that top position? Boy, that's a great question. Um, It's important. I think... But even more important is 
passing along that knowledge to uh, those in middle management, those that are below you, um, have an open communication and make sure they understand. Think about finances. And w- one of the misconceptions about being a general manager that I always had is that, hey, you're the general manager and you don't share information. You're the person in charge and you just, that's not really the way it works or shouldn't work. Um, passing along financial information, gaining uh, I guess getting insight from the staff and allowing them to come up with, like you said, is so you, if you're business savvy, what do you do? I mean, if you have marketing plans, if you have um, other situations at the club where you're trying to make revenue or, or increase your revenues, you know, allowing them the opportunity, I think, is very important. I just kind of look at everything long term and say, okay, this is where we are. This is where we need to be. Let's get there. And I think for the most part, People, people always seem to get us there. Um, I wouldn't say that that I was the guy that knew everything, but I sort of tried to keep everybody organized and on the right path. And and I think that's why I was successful. I, did it all fall on me? It, ultimately, yes, it's my responsibility. But did I do it all? Absolutely not. And you can't do it all. That's why you, you have people under you. Yeah. Okay. And I hope that answered your question. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so I, I think I remember you telling me that you weren't really involved in CMEA was like, like as a student at all. Um, no. That, okay. So like when when in your club industry journey did you begin into the CMEA? Mm, I think it was in probably around 1999 or 2000 when I was at Brookside. I finally became involved in CMEA and I and I went because the general manager I worked under was heavily involved in CMEA, um, and he, he went to almost all the not only the chapter meetings, but the world conferences. Now, I didn't go to any world conferences at that time, but I went to most of the chapter meetings. And I was fortunate because Brookside paid for, for everything, even the travel expenses at that time, um, which, was, which was nice. So that's really when I became involved. Now, when I came to Ohio University in 2010, that was one of the first things I, I wanted to do was to, to form a student organization here on this campus. I knew that within the OVC, the Ohio Valley chapter, that there at that time there weren't any student organizations. I think the last one was Purdue, and and they no longer were active. So uh, it was important to get that going again, and we did. And you know we had we were blessed because we had some students that were really really involved. And my goal was to have this thing up and going by 2013. I mean it it takes some time and takes some effort. And I just remember that I told a couple of students what I was trying to do, and before you knew it, they were in my office. This was the first year, I think, I was at, at Ohio University, and by 2012, I think we had everything in place, and we were, we were a go. So it was, it was good. So, it's now, good. so now you're actually on the board, right, for OVC, right? I am. I am. I, I am on. I'm on the board. I'm not an actual voting member, but yes, I am. I am on the board. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, one thing, because um, I interviewed Bella, Jess, and Kath yesterday, and we were we were talking um, like the differences between maybe um, what the students experience uh-huh. at conference from like a student perspective compared to like a manager's perspective, because I know like even some of the member the managers I know they weren't a student, and one of the things that we were discussing was like the students trying to get like a ticket at conference, like trying to like sell yourself to get the tickets and maybe holding up a sign here right. or there. Um, and so like that, that one, I think we've had like fun even doing, cause we've gotten tickets 
every year for sure um so it's just fun like being the general managers doing and most of them um some some people at cma frown upon it but um but the, man, the <laughs> all the managers that come up to us they're like oh that's pretty cool like how you're doing that and right um like the like the the higher ups they think like it's not looked great upon like doing that but we've gotten it each year doing it so um well i i think that just gives you another opportunity to mingle and interact and connect with other managers. And, and to me, if that's the opportunity that you have, <laughs> go for it. I don't see anything wrong with that. And in fact, I would say from a different perspective, and I, and I will throw my faculty position away right now and go back to a management position. You know, if, if, I, if it was me that was the general manager and I was there, I would welcome that contact with students. And I don't have any problem with that. I, I just think looking... And I can honestly look at it from both sides. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's a tremendous idea and it's a good way to interact. Because now even like with the, um, with the new CMAA like club applications, um, like where you get the educational credits online and stuff, like people even posting on those message boards like, here's my number. If you have any tickets, let me know <laughs> on, the, on, those, on those like bulletin boards or whatever too. So um, whatever way you can to get the tickets. So... Um, well, there, <laughs> nothing ever happens through inaction, right? right? Right, right. That's exactly right. Nothing ever happens through inaction. So, do do what you deem necessary, and that's and that really is a lesson to be in for life. Really, I mean, it is if you think about it. Those those who sit back and wait for things to come to them will be left out in the cold many times. Right, right. Um, do you, do you remember maybe like from your CMA World Conference experience, if you had like the best location there was that you went to mm. or maybe like a best networking event like for those ticketed events? Well, I, you know, very rarely do I go to the networking really? um, okay. events. I, I, yeah, those are, those are opportunities for other people. And, you know, I, I go to enough things and I try to stay, stay away from those, but, um, uh, I would say the best places that we have been, as far as hospitality inside and out and the conference, I would say the best places we've been is San Francisco, although a little pricey, but San Francisco and Orlando. I mean, who, who, who could not love Orlando? It's, it's the hospitality capital of the world, you know, between that and really San Francisco, I, I would say those two places. We did have a good, good thing going last year in Nashville, though. I, I will say that, too. I think the, the one thing from, like, a student perspective um... – it's just like have like getting to know maybe some of the people in your chapters that you don't didn't really know before. It's like a really good bonding experience. Um, I think freshman year in San Francisco we got like two hotel rooms, mm-hmm. but as compared to last year in Nashville we got like an Airbnb, and so like it was just more free to do whatever you wanted. Right. And, um, so we definitely bond experience. Like I probably wouldn't have through like classes and stuff like that. But this, like definitely. Okay, so maybe transitioning from CMA to maybe like any cool and funny stories. Um, we have in the club industry. Um, I know like it's sort of a wild experience in the club industry. Um, I'll go first, I guess, for my experience. Um, so at one of the 4th of July events, um, I was like sort of keeping track of maybe the bathroom and the um, bathroom trash. And so I go in the bathroom and I see this guy passed out on the floor um, and maybe like with some, some stuff next to him. And so he was completely passed out, and um, I got my manager, and eventually, like, the paramedics had to come, and um, eventually he never woke up when the paramedics came. 
So he was like completely passed out and he would not wake up for anything. And um, it was just like cool to see, um, maybe not cool, but like interesting to see because um, for me from like a manager's perspective, how to like interact with that sort of stuff because I was 18 years old and going in there and not really knowing how to um, deal with that. And so it was cool to see the managers like um, get in touch with the police and um, they eventually, um, they, the parents weren't there or something. So one of the managers was far enough to grab the phone, use his thumb as like a, um, like a, like to unlock the phone and called mom and the contacts. And so I would never have thought about that, like doing that. So, yeah. um, and I guess like another crazy experience was, um, in one of the club experiences, an intern had like this crazy relationship, crazy good relationship with a member, like the member just trusted them with their life. And so the, um, the member actually trusted the intern to like house sit and dog sit. And there's like this huge mansion with a house, with a pool in the backyard. And that intern would maybe throw some parties with, <laughs> with the other interns there at the house. And so I like, I have, I personally haven't had that relationship with a member where they trust me right. with their house and, and dogs. But uh, those are just two of my like crazy experiences I've had so far. I don't think I, I mean, as far as crazy experiences, I'm not real sure about those. Um, but I will say that uh, there there are some real cool factors about the club industry. You become close, especially if you're at some place for many, many years. You become close with, with members and, um, you know, you don't have to have a personal, personal relationship, if you know what I mean. But, you know, you, you become close. And, and I remember, you know, when I... When I got married in 2000, 2001, um, I, I probably had 20, 20 members in, in the, uh, at the wedding, uh, which was kind of, kind of fun. And then the other thing is members, you mentioned mem- members, children earlier, you know, you become friends with some of them over time at, that are your age. And, uh, yeah, so you, you do different things and you, and you just look at everybody as your friend, you know, I mean, it, it's, it. That's kind of cool. But I would say one of the neat things about the club industry is that, you know, you're together as a staff. If you have a staff that's been together for many, many years, you become close and you become not only friends, but you become you are colleagues and and really you protect one another through over time. And uh, I think one of the coolest thing was it, coolest things is, is that it seems like you you get a lot of good friends from those that you work around, and you do different things, and and you know you bond and and the club industry, as we all know, it, you can work many long hours, definitely, and, and you have to have friends there with you. Otherwise, you know you could go insane. Sometimes it's tough, right? So you need somebody there that that understands and that can be your friend and maybe if you're having a bad day to pick you up or if somebody else is having a bad day you need to make somebody laugh i mean that's what we're here for and and it's a very rewarding industry but i think that the friendships made are just it's a little bit different than many other industries i mean you become very very close and tight-knit you know over time and I don't know if you want to elaborate this or not. Um, one of the stories that I remember you telling us in class was, I don't know if you remember telling it, but do you remember the binocular story? Yeah. Do you, are you able to elaborate on that or do you, would you prefer not to? 
No, I can elaborate on it. I had a, I had a, um, <laughs> I, I inventory the liquor costs were were way too high, and I'm hearing rumors that there were people after after shifts that were enjoying themselves. This this was not at a married country club. This I'm not going to say what club. But it was a different. <laughs> it wasn't a married country club, and um, individuals were were having fun after shifts, I guess, and I wasn't there, and um, so. Yeah, I I went down one of the fairways one night, dressed in black, had binoculars, and, and peered into the into the bar area to see what was going on. And in fact, yes, there were individuals there that were enjoying themselves after hours, and they were actually quite shocked when I confronted them about it. But that's probably um, the extreme as far as your employees go. I, I will say that I was fairly new at that club, and and. I wasn't really sure how to approach people about certain things. Um, I was still learning my way, and that you know, when I when I saw that, and 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 by the way, I didn't, I don't, I did, I can't remember the whole thing now, but I don't think I let anybody go over that. But they certainly knew where I stood <laughs> afterwards. So. Yeah, so that was those are the, those are things that come up from time to time, and you do what you have to do. You know, it shows dedication too, you know, to, yes, <laughs> with the binoculars. And, and it was winter time, by the way. Oh, it was man. cold. It was really <laughs> cold out. It was it was in December. It was during holiday season. Oh, so wow. yeah, it was it was cold. Nice. Yep. So Donnie, I have some rapid fire would you rather questions here. Yeah. <laughs> club talk edition, I guess club oriented. Um, so basically I'll give you two options, would you rather and just tell me which one you'd rather prefer. Sure. Um, banquet or restaurant? Banquet. You like banquets better? I'd say the one thing I hate about the banquets is the setup and the um, like the taking down everything. That's like the two things I absolutely hate about banquets. True, like, but 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 the thing the reason why I tell you that is because with a banquet, for the most part, I know how many people are coming. Right, right. In a restaurant, I guess I mean we we have members that are famous, right, for not making reservations. <laughs> and on that Friday night, that that all of a sudden that you you thought you had. 72 people coming in and when you're done your covers are 151 yeah those are surprises that can be <laughs> can be a struggle yes so banquet and I, it could sound cynical but um one of the managers that I interviewed um he said uh rest uh banquets but he said um when he was younger he probably would have referred restaurants because as a manager you don't have to do mo like the setup and like the right. breakdown so he enjoyed it more as he went up the ranks instead of like like when he was a server, when you had to, like for those Fourth of July events, setting all those chairs right. and tables and stuff like that. So, um, okay, so formal or informal dining? <laughs> I, you know, I have to say I'm old school, so I'm formal. Like but formal. but that's not that's not the way of the world anymore. But but actually, I think I I think we, there was a time where we went from formal to to informal and frankly I do think now that there there is a need for formal. I think it's going back some, a little bit to formal because I do think that that um, it's a generational thing and at some point a generation decides okay I, I I'd like to um, I'd like to be somewhere to where um, there is a dress code or or you know, if you're in a certain area of the club and you have to wear a coat, I mean, there's just something a little more special about that than showing up in a, in a just a golf shirt and sitting at the bar. I mean, that's how I feel. Now, 
Is that true of all places? Maybe not. But but I do think that, you know, many years ago, there was that trend to go completely to the informal. But I, I'm not so sure that that's the case now. See, I, I say informal just because over my time in the summer, um, I had to wear a suit and tie for formal. <laughs> and then um, if I was doing like my patio stuff, like I was in shorts and a, and a polo. Yeah. So I felt more comfortable in a polo and shorts. So I'd just say informal. Um all right, so San Fran or Nashville? Oh, wow. Tyler, what a question. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm going to say Nashville. Nashville? I'm going to say Nashville because not only because of the location it's easier to get to, but I have to admit it has one incredible nightlife in, in Nashville. <laughs> I, it does. Down I mean, Bourbon to, Street. For, yes, for everybody. I mean, I think it's, I think it's very, very cool. I mean, you don't have to. You don't even have to go to bars. That's not even what I'm talking about. It's just there's so much going on at night. Yeah. All right. Um, seafood or Mexican food? Oh, Mexican food. Mexican food. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and then white or rose wine. <laughs> white. White wine. Okay. Um, so for San Fran and Nashville, um, I had, I was fortunate to have family members in both locations. So, um, actually my, um, my second, my cousin, he, uh, owned a seafood restaurant in Nashville. So, uh, he was able to hook me up with, with some free food there and uh, I had crab, crab for the first time there. Um, and I had, uh, oysters for the first time in San Francisco. So, yeah. um, definitely not an oyster fan too much, but, um, but I don't know. I had fun in both locations too. So I guess one of my last questions for you would be um, any advice you would have for prospective students or um, maybe people going into the industry? My advice would be to, to start in entry-level positions always. You know, if, if you're going in the end, uh, if you are going into the industry long-term thinking, okay, at some point, I'm going to financially, and I'm talking about financially, at some point I will be financially set. Um, you will be. If you're going into the industry thinking that you're going to be financially set short term and to be able to do your job, I'm not so sure that's the case. So m- because um, though I've seen managers come and go, and I think the ones that struggle the most are those that come in without the experience even if they've had experience somewhere else and they come into the industry, it's different from being in a, in a restaurant. It's different from being in a hotel. Um, I think it is important that you start from the bottom and work yourself up. And I think you gain the respect of those around you when you do know how all the jobs work. Hey, and you, and you are able as a manager, I, you, I could jump in. If, if we have a problem at the pool, and all of a sudden the chlorine is not where it should be, you know, and, and as a manager, if I can walk down and fix it or I can be a part of it or I can tell somebody how to fix it, those are important aspects of the club industry. You know, I mean, if if um, if the water softener is, is something wrong with the water softener and you can go down because you've worked as the maintenance person as, for a while and, and fix it, that's that's important. You know, if you know the serving procedures because you were serving at one time. There's a lot to be said for that. And, and again, I think that just like any industry, if you're very, very good at what you do, you move up quickly. But I really think you need to start at, at, at entry-level positions and work your way up. And it's, not, it's almost not fair to an individual to, to, to start in in management. 
immediately. The success rate just is not going to be there. It's hard. It's hard work. I'd say that that advice could probably go universally to anywhere you go. Like, say, like even at a hotel, like probably working at like a housekeeper, then go or like working right. at the entry levels. Um, and I'd say like one of the things that be expecting would be like the long hours and the hard work because, um, like right off the bat, like it was like doubles almost all the way throughout the week. But um, I found it enjoying for myself, so it wasn't really as hard on me as most people. Um, I enjoyed what I was doing. And one of the things that my previous manager for my most recent experience told me was um, just act more confident. Um, and like I, I was telling like my, my parents this and other people this, and they're saying like that will come with time, mm-hmm. being more confident, because this past summer I was in my first like actual, um, like I was above a server, I was a supervisor. So that was my first experience in the club industry. And I, I obviously got better as I went through it. Um, I, I had help from like the managers and my other captains, but they just said like the main thing was act confident in what yeah. you do. Yeah, and I think I think the one thing that that I will add to that is that you know, listen, you're gonna make mistakes. I mean, you learn from those mistakes, and and even those if when you're managing individuals, and I've said this in class several times. I'm sure you've been a part of it where I, I've said, look, you hire people if you expect them to go through and not make mistakes, then you're hiring the wrong people because everybody needs to think, everybody needs to make decisions on their own. If it's the wrong decision, you just learn from it and move on, right? That's how we get better at what we do. Um, but in order to be in order to be successful, you're gonna have to be unsuccessful at some point. So like you said, it may be the wrong decision, but you but have confidence in what you did. And if it doesn't work out, then then change it. Do something different the next time. I mean, I've been a part of many things that didn't go right. You just learn from it. Right. Yeah. All right. So that was actually my, my final question I had for you. Um, if you, this would be like the time um, where I flip the script. Mm-hmm. I guess if you have any questions for me, um, and if not, then it'll be the end of the. So the question for you, Tyler, would be, had you ever thought about the club industry before you came to Ohio University? You know, actually, no way possible because I actually applied to Ohio University for their Scripps College in communications. I always thought I was going to be, because I absolutely love sports, you know, right. <laughs> like I always come in with the jerseys and stuff, um, the big baller brand, right? <laughs> um, so I got denied because it's one of the best in the country. Right. And... Um, so I found restaurant, hotel, and tourism in the catalog. And so, okay, that could be interesting, you know, hospitality industry and stuff like that. So um, I just never looked back, I guess. I never thought of applying or trying to transfer into the college after, you know, the first couple of classes. Um, I enjoyed, like, the different aspect of, uh, you know, just, then, like, my business classes. Like, I found these way more enjoyable. Um, so there's, there'd be no way, like, I'd be able to, like, find CMAA unless maybe someone went to my classroom or something um, like we've been doing like these past couple of years. So, right. um, but even then, like not, it's, it's sort of like more, you hear more about if you're in the major, I think. So um, I guess that'd be my answer to your question. So and then the final question I would have for you then would be um, what would be, what are your thoughts on jobs when you, when you leave Ohio university? I'm just talking in general for those CMAA students. How, how difficult is it to find a job? Um, I think, do you mean internships or job? Like, any, 
Jobs. Jobs. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm saying jobs. I okay. Guess. Um, so I guess you you definitely have to take advantage of the CMAA website because mm. I as I just told you I just had an interview with this um, the Southampton Beach Club, and I probably would never have found it without going on the website. Right. Um, like I don't find these opportunities on Indeed or something like that. So, um, with those with paying that fifty dollars, you not only get that opportunity to look at those things. But you also get like, I get like webinar emails here and there, um, educational stuff. So I guess take advantage of the website for jobs. Um, but I know like you have to lean on your connections too. Um, because I can always ask, like my previous assistant general manager, he's the one that hooked me up with this past internship. So, um, and I have a lot of friends. I've My past two internships have been in New York. And so most of my connections are in New York. So um, that's where I hope to go this next summer too. Um, so my answer to your question would be take advantage of the website, finding a job, but also rely on your connections and the friendships you made over the past couple of years um, through your internships. So you just gave a great plug to CMAA, right? Free, <laughs> right. free advertising right, right. right there. Good marketing. Yeah. Right, right. So, well, Donnie, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you Donnie. so much. Thank you. And, uh, We'll see you guys next time. I appreciate it.